Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Hey, help me welcome to my online campus. What's up, y'all? Good to have you with us. Hey, before you sit down, give, give two people high fives and tell them you're looking good. You're looking good. You're looking good. You're looking good. <laughs> Get a couple phone numbers if you're single. We'll give you a second. <laughs> okay. So in seminary, uh, I was taught to always open a message with something fun and lighthearted. But I'm a grown man. I'm going to do exactly what I want tonight, okay? I'm breaking all the rules. I'm going to open with something negative, okay? You ready for it? <laughs> You're not going to like this message then. We are going to experience pain. Welcome to Meadowbrook Church. I hope you're encouraged. Let's pray and go home. We are going to experience pain. I mean, Jesus even told us that. In John 16, he said this, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's good news. But see, the thing is, as Christians, we have hope of eternity. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, your eternity is secure. So you are good. And in heaven, there's no crying, there's no pain, there's none of that stuff. It's good. But we live on earth. We live in a fallen world. We have the hope of heaven, but we have hurt right now. And there's pain in our lives that we can't control and that we would never choose. So maybe there's illness in your life or in a loved one's life. You, wouldn't, you can't control that. You'd never, you'd never choose that. Or maybe you've been betrayed before. You can't control that. You would never choose that. Maybe there was some sort of accident. Maybe there's some other kind of hardship. Maybe you lost your job. Your company just downsized and you lost your job. There's some pain we can't control. But oftentimes... You and I actually get to choose the kind of pain that we have. We can choose the pain of living with purity now or have the pain of trying to overcome an addiction later. We can choose the pain to have a hard conversation with our spouse now or the pain of marital problems or divorce later. And actually that happened to me this week, not divorce, but we had a hard conversation Seriously, did you all know that being a mom is hard? Did anyone know that? Being a mom is really hard? I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought she was being a drama queen. I'm going to be for real. Like I, so we have a two-year-old. She was up here yelling during worship. My wife actually had to leave. She watched it somewhere else. But we have a little two-year-old baby girl. She's awesome. And uh, we have our second child on the way. So my wife just, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's in the water. Pastor Daniel's having a kid. We're having another kid. Watch out. <laughs> but my wife, she, man, I got to tell you, uh, so she had a really rough first trimester. I mean, she's real sick, and she's a stay-at-home mom with our two-year-old all the time. And I just thought she was being ridiculous. And we actually had a conversation, I kid you not, a couple days ago, where I, where I had to really repent. And I had, I'm not kidding. I had to apologize. I was not serving her well. I, 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 
There was some frustration. There was some tears. There was back and forth. And by the end of it, I said, look, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And I've been doing better. It's only been a couple days, but I, I'm doing better. Yeah, I'm doing better. <laughs> we can have the pain of maybe working out and eating right now or the pain of health-related issues later. Or we can have the pain of, you know, not doing what we're supposed to do, not reaching out, not stepping out in faith. And then later we're going to have the pain of a mediocre life full of what-ifs. We get to choose our pain. And so tonight, you and I have a life-changing decision to make. You get to pick your pain. Tell someone next to you. Tell them, pick your pain. And then tell them, don't even talk to me about that. I don't even want to hear this. I don't like this message right now. This is convicting. I already feel convicted. I, don't want, to, I want to leave. Don't say that. Pick your pain. Your choice and my choice. And this actually applies to pretty much every decision, every day, all the time. Here it is. You can have the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. Every decision, every day, all the time, that's our choice. We can have the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. Somebody say, ouch. All right. Hey, this message, it might be kind of hard, but I'm going to say it with a smile, okay? All right. Because discipline gets a bad rap, y'all. It gets a bad rap. Discipline is for your good. It's for your joy. Think about anyone in your life that you admire, that you maybe want to aspire to be like. I guarantee you, you admire them, not because they're lucky or because they're better than you. They probably have some disciplines that they do and that they're faithful with behind the scenes that you never see. Discipline gets a bad rap. Because there's an inverse relationship between discipline and regret. The more discipline you have, the less regret you have. It's funny how that works. Then the opposite is unfortunately true. The less discipline we have, the more regret we have. Because discipline is simply this. So I got a couple simple definitions for us tonight. Discipline is choosing what we want most over what we want now. It's choosing what we want most over what we want now. But regret is the exact opposite. It's choosing what we want now over what we want most. I choose discipline over regret. And I'm fired up about this because this this, this truth has transformed my life. Four months ago, I was in a changing room. And trying to buy some new clothes and pastors, we've got to wear these stupid skinny jeans, so it's hard, to, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get in these things. And I was in a changing room, you know you like it, and I was in this changing room, <laughs> and I hated myself. I was uncomfortable and everything, I didn't like how I looked, how I felt, I had to go up in some sizes, and li- literally it ruined my day. And we walked out, <laughs> just mad, ruined my day off. Because four months ago, I was 40 pounds heavier than I am today. You don't have to... Okay, you can. I'm not saying that to brag. Listen, four months, I was 40 pounds heavier than I am today. I didn't have energy to play with my daughter outside. I remember sitting in the backyard 
my wife and my daughter, she, my, my wife is pushing her around this little bicycle we have. And I remember just sitting there watching because I didn't have the energy to, to get up and play with them. I remember just being sl- sluggish and not being as creative as I wanted to be and not being as productive as I wanted to be. And I was just walking around the haze. This truth that we're going to talk about tonight, I'm fired up about, it has changed my life. And tonight, my prayer for you is that it will change your life as well. I know some of this is hard to hear, but I think it's good. I think this is godly conviction for some of you. It's for your joy. It's for your good. And so at the end of the night, my prayer is that you make this declaration that I have your declaration. Because I choose discipline over regret. Say it with me. I choose discipline over regret. Come on again. I choose discipline over regret. I can't hear you. One more time. I choose discipline over regret. It's going to change your life. I'm excited. So no more excuses, all right? Can we make that a pact? No more excuses. Don't be like Bob. Bob was driving in his car one day. He was swerving a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He was swerving. And so a police officer pulled him over. And the cop pulled up and he said, Bob, you were swerving a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to take a breathalyzer test. And Bob said, I can't do that. The cop asked why. Bob says, I, I have asthma. I'll die if you make me take a breathalyzer test. <laughs> the cop said, all right, I'm going to take you down to the station. We're going to get a urine test on you. Bob said, I can't do that. Cop asked why. Bob said, I'm diabetic. You're going to get a bad reading. And so the cop, cop said, all right. Well, I'm still going to take you down to the station. We're going to get a blood test. Bob said, I can't do that. Cop asked why. Bob said, I'm a hemophiliac and I'll bleed to death. (laughs) Cop says, all right. Bob, I need you to get out of your car and walk this straight line. Bob said, I can't do that. Cop asked why. Bob said, I'm drunk. (laughs) No more excuses. Come on. No more excuses. Y'all are smart people. Y'all are smart people. You know where I'm going with this already. You're smart. You're smart. You're already thinking about the thing. You're like, yeah, I need to, yeah, I need to fix that. All right. So tonight, we're going to be coached. We're going to be mentored by the Apostle Paul. And um, we're going to look at some of his writings. And you may not like this subject. But let me get out of the gate with this. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. You may not like it, but are there scriptures behind me? There's none? There we go, because they're not over there. All right, great. I just want to make sure. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. You may not like it, but. Everyone say but. but. You can't ignore that but. But. Yes. <laughs> Everyone just say it one more time. Say it. But. <laughs> there we go. But the Holy Spirit, uh-oh, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Meaning, this is what God wants for you. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. That's it. No more. That's it. Oh, there's one more? Ooh. Let's just whisper self-control. And let's just go. Because we love the first few. Love, uh, joy, yes, peace, ooh. And, the, and, you know, the, the, other, the other fruits of the Spirit, we'll just, you know, hold hands and light candles and sing Kumbaya. All that sounds awesome. 
Self-control. And what is self-control? It's discipline. It's, it's discipline. So you may not like it, but it's the fruit of the Spirit, so take it up with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Apostle Paul, he is a hero. And by the way, hey, if you're not a Christian, you don't have to do any of this stuff. You get a pass. But if you want to try it, I dare you, it might change your life and you'll be hooked. All right, but Christians. So the Apostle Paul is a hero of the faith. If anybody could do this, if anybody could have self-control, it's Paul. But we're about to read an emotional breakdown he has, and it makes me feel so good about my life. It makes me feel so good that I fall short, and because I think it's going to help you today. So let's read it real quick. Romans 7, verse 15 says this. Paul's just a breaking down. I don't really understand myself. If I want to do is right, but I don't. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever done that before? I, I didn't mean to eat the whole sleeve of Oreos, but I ate the whole sleeve. I did it. I ate the whole thing. How could I do that? Verse 18. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul, did you take your meds today, bro? Like, we, we have stuff for you. Like, you, we can help you with that. Verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I'm hopeless. I fail over and over and over. I can't do this thing in my own power. I can't do this thing in my own strength. Then he changes his tune. Verse 25. Thank God. Everyone say, thank God. Thank God. God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So this message is not do better, try harder, white knuckle it. That is not this message. You can't. You've tried. You won't. I can't either. This is submitting ourselves to what God wants for us and inviting his spirit, his power in us. And through him, through his power, we can choose discipline over regret. Discipline over regret. Pick your pain. Uh, So uh, we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians together for the rest of the time. And Paul encourages us how to have discipline by using a metaphor of a race. So 1 Corinthians 9 24 through 25. We're just being mentored by Paul. We're just being coached by Paul. So let it do its work in you. Verse 24 says this. Hey, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? Do we have any runners in here? Bunch of psychopaths, the crazy people. (laughs) This body was not built for running. No, you can be proud of yourself. I'm just jealous because I can't. All right. Don't you realize that in, a, that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. Ricky Bobby said it like this. If you ain't first, where the sinners at? You, right, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you ain't first, you're last. That's right. If you ain't first, you're last. I hate to lose. I, I, I try to play it off like I don't. I really do. Like it eats me up. My wife and I were playing cards once, and she beat me for like the fifth time in a row. I kid you not. I took the deck, threw it in the air, said, this is stupid, and I walked out the door. (laughs) Very pastoral, Nick. Good job. One time, anyone ever played Settlers of Catan before? You know what I'm talking about? It's a game. It's a nerd game. Okay, anyway, it's a game that takes like three hours to play. It's very strategically whatever. It's strategic, all right? Strategery. And so it takes three hours to play and to win. And so I'm playing, I'm doing my thing. I got my whole goal set. I know my strategy. And literally at the very end, I had one more move to beat everybody. We played with like six people. 
And it feels so good when you win. You beat them and you mock them. And so I was one move away from winning and my wife blocked me on the last move. I had to walk around the block for an hour so I wouldn't flip the table over. (laughs) I hate to lose. I hate to lose. So Paul says, verse 24, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. Any athletes in here or ex-athletes you've played before, and when you tell stories, you're a lot better than you actually were? Yeah, me too. (laughs) I played varsity basketball, uh, and my dream was to play in the NBA. See, what happened was, I'm short, white, and I cannot jump. So, so that's, that's what happened. And that's, that's it with that. That's all. That's all. Yeah, that's all happened with that. So all athletes are disciplined in their training. Here's a good part, man. I'm telling you. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. A trophy. A pat on the back. One moment of victory And then the season starts all over again. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. To steward our lives for the glory of God. To see God work in us and through us. Tom Brady is um, arguably one of the best quarterbacks to have ever lived. I said arguably, calm down. He's definitely one of the most decorated quarterbacks to, to ever live. He's been, shut up, he's been MVP. He's, he's won Super Bowls. Like he's, he, he married a supermodel that's worth more money than he is. I mean, that's, well done, Tom, well done. If you're watching, well done. <laughs> but check out what he says about all those accomplishments. Check it out. But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Wow. Seriously. Dude has everything. All the money, all the fame, all the accolades. He has everything that you think a person would be satisfied with. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. We're not disciplined for discipline's sake. We are disciplined for destiny's sake. We are not disciplined for discipline's sake, just trying to win a trophy, just trying to be the winner, just trying to do better than everybody else. We're not disciplined for discipline's sake. We're disciplined for destiny's sake. We're disciplined today because God has tomorrow for you. We're disciplined today because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. We're not disciplined just because. No thanks. We're disciplined for destiny's sake. So Paul says, if you're going to run... Run to win. Run to win. He continues, verse 26. 
So I run with purpose in every step. That's so good. I'm not just shadow boxing. So Paul says, hey, you got one life to live. Run with purpose in every step. Every day is important. Every decision is important. Every conversation is important. Purpose in every step. And he finalizes here, verse 27. So I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. What you do day by day takes you to your future. That's how we say it around here. What you do day by day takes you to your future. So church, come on. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Make decisions today that make your life better and easier in the future. And you can do that by discipline. So this is the part I've been looking forward to the most. Some of you in here will tune me out and it'll go in one ear and out the other and, you know, that's fine. You can make your decisions. But some of you, I truly believe with everything in me that tonight will change the direction of your life forever like it has mine. So I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think in your heart of hearts. You don't have to answer it out loud. What do you want most? What do you want most? What's the thing that you think God has put on your heart? What's the one thing that if you chose today, if you were disciplined in, would change your life? Write it down. Take a second. Write it down. Someone just write it down. Don't look at me. Write it down. Write it down. Pretend. Write it down. Yeah, just pretend. I'll give you a second. What do you want? Make it something like godly. Not like I, you know, want to marry Channing Tatum or something, Brad Pitt. Or win the lottery. Nothing stupid. Godly. For real. What do you want most? Don't look at me. Write it down. I'm serious. Some of you are going to get this. What do you want most? Maybe your thing is you want to know God more than ever before. You want to stop, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Christianity. You want to know God like you've never known God before. You want to be closer to Jesus than ever. Maybe yours is you want to make a change. You really want to make a change. Maybe you've got money troubles, marriage issues, an addiction. Maybe you're just lonely. Maybe you want to make a change. Maybe you want to discover your purpose. You're not really sure about life or where you're going. You're kind of meandering. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you really want to make a difference. Maybe you've been just kind of living for yourself. And you haven't really seen God do something great through you. Or maybe you want to get healthy. Maybe you want to lose some weight or stop smoking or drinking or doing drugs. I don't know whatever your thing is. What do you want most? What's that one? Choose one thing. I know we all got a big list. I do. I got a big list. One thing. One thing. Now here's the follow-up question to that. This question will make the answer to that one possible. What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most later? What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most later? What's, what's the one thing? What do you need to choose now? What do you need to do? If it's no God, well, then I think that's pretty simple. Church days and spending time with God because church days affect the rest of your days. 
and spending time with God by yourself. And let me just say it. If the only time you're exposed to God's word is when we're all together, you're spiritually malnourished. You'll never grow how you want to grow. You have to spend time with God yourself in addition to church days. Get version, Bible app. It's free. They have thousands of plans for free. You can download it right now. Church days. If you want to make a change, how we do that around here is join a small group. Join a small group. If you have marriage troubles, we got a small group for that. If you got money troubles, we got a small group for that. If you just want to make friends, we got small groups for that. If you have an addiction that you can't get over by yourself, because by the way, you can't get over addiction by yourself, we have a small group for that. If you really want to make a change, we have a small group for that. If you want to discover your purpose, attend growth track. We have a process for you to discover how God designed you, your divine design, help you discover your purpose with personality tests and spiritual gifts assessment to help you figure out maybe what God has for your life. If you want to make a difference, join the dream team. That's our volunteer army. Do I have any dream teamers in the house right now? Any dream? Can we celebrate those people that serve us so well? It's awesome. You want to make a difference? <clears throat> difference? You want to make a difference? Join the dream team. We've seen hundreds of salvations this year already. We saw 150 people get baptized just a couple weeks ago. And our dream team made that possible. Because if here's, here's the thing. If you don't serve on the dream team or you don't give to our church, you don't have ownership in all that God's doing around here. So you can celebrate it, but you can't celebrate it. Like, yeah, I parked that car. I held that door. I led worship for those people. Yeah, I ministered to, to, to that person's kids so they can come in here and accept Christ. You don't have that ownership. Like, uh, we're doing something. Heaven and hell are real. If you want to get healthy, maybe eat less and move more. <laughs> That's probably whatever that means for you. Just eat less and move a little more. So you might be thinking, all right, that sounds like a lot of work. I get a, I'm getting a lot of blank stares right now, and that's okay. This is going to help somebody. I pray it to you. You might be thinking that sounds like a lot of work. It is. <laughs> but pick your pain. It's work. Discipline's hard, but regret's harder. <laughs> Discipline stings, but regret stings a lot longer. Pick your pain. The writer of Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Duh. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That sounds good. Let me say it like this. The distance between where you are and where you want to be is the result of the discipline you haven't developed yet. The distance between where you are and where you want to be is the result of the discipline that you just haven't developed yet. But the good news is you can develop it. Because let me be honest, I am not a naturally disciplined person. Far from it. I love me some Chinese fried food. Oh my gosh. Can I get an amen from somebody? Yes, Lord. So I was, I was working on my message about discipline last night, 
And who came in with my pregnant wife going, I want Chinese food. And so we went and got Chinese food, the fried sesame, egg roll, fried rice, whole deal. Here I am trying to talk about discipline. And then this morning, I had cold Chinese food for breakfast. (laughs) And it was good. I love sleeping in. Hitting that snooze button. I love binge watching Netflix until it asks me, are you still watching this? <laughs> to which I reply, Netflix, you ain't my mama. Yes, I'm still watching this. <laughs> you don't know me like that. <laughs> I love not having a schedule or a plan for the day, but I know all of those things just bring regret. I know it. I know just eating bad all the time. You're going to have health-related issues later. I would. I have. I had heart problems last year. It scared me. I love sleeping in, but I know then I wouldn't spend time with God. (laughs) I love binge-watching Netflix, but then I wouldn't have quality family time. I know they can watch me with me. That's right. That's very true. They could watch it with me. (laughs) You're smart. Do you want to come up here? I like you. (laughs) I love not having a schedule, but then I wouldn't accomplish anything of importance. I'm undisciplined. I am undisciplined. That's why I need Jesus. I need his power. I need his help. I have accountability software on all of my devices, not because I'm disciplined, but because I'm not. I need help, not because I'm disciplined, because I'm not. I have boundaries in my life, not because I'm disciplined, but because I'm not, and I know it. You got to outsmart yourself. With purpose in every step, You can choose discipline over regret. The writer of Hebrews uses his own metaphor of a race. He says it like this. In Hebrews 12, 1, says this about how you don't have to do it on your own. Remember, this message isn't try harder, do more, work, work, work. Jesus will help you. The writer of Hebrews says this. Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every way that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Strip it off, man. No more excuses. No more saying, I'm going to start tomorrow. Tomorrow is a fairy princess land that does not exist. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Do you realize? Like it does not, it's not there. It's not a thing. All you and I have is right now, today. No more, I'm going to start the diet on Monday. That was my thing. I'm I'm the best at that. I'm going to start Monday. No, you're not. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Come on, there's a race for you. I need you to hear that you're not an accident. That God has purpose for you. That he has good things planned ahead for you. So how do we do it? He tells us in verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. And I want to stop and say, what was his joy? You. You were Jesus' joy. For the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus chose what he wanted most over what he wanted in a moment. Jesus chose you over his own body. What an incredible example. 
We know he went to the garden before he was crucified. And he was praying so much so that drops of blood were coming from his brow. And he said, Lord, take this cup from me. I don't want to get crucified. I don't want to go out like this. If there's another way, let's do that. But Jesus chose you so that you could know God forever and have your sins forgiven and have new life and, and purpose on earth and joy on earth and fulfillment on earth. He chose what he wanted most over what he wanted in a moment. He chose you. And hey, if, you've, uh, if you're sitting here feeling kind of beaten up during this message, let me tell you. If you've probably not made the greatest mistake, you know, if you haven't made very good choices in your life, I haven't either. I have regrets still. But if you're out there and you're beating yourself up, let me just encourage you. God's mercies are new every single day for you. Every day you wake up, you can press the reset button on life. His mercies are new for you every single day. There's new grace for you. There's new love for you. There's new life for you every single day. No matter how many times you screw it up, no matter how many times I mess it up, he hits the reset button. He says, let's just give it another shot. Let's try again. But hear this. Let's do it different today. Come on, let's do it different today. God has better for you. God has more for you. Let's choose discipline over regret. Because if, if you don't do something now, about what you want most later, that will most likely become your greatest regret. And my prayer for this message is that you are not plagued by regrets in the future. Church, we have one life. We get one shot at this thing. Don't be the person that says, I wish I would have spent more time with my children because now they don't even speak to me. Don't be the person that says, I wish I'd have tried to save my marriage because now my family's completely fractured. I wish I'd have stepped out in faith because now I wonder what if. I wish I'd have gotten serious about my relationship with God because now I'm so distant from him and I don't even recognize myself anymore. I wish I would have actually gotten in that small group, taken my mask off and said, hey, I, I'm not perfect. I'm messed up. I wish I would have stopped. I wish I would have started. I would give anything to go back and tell myself there's a better way. There's a different way. God has better for you. God has purpose for you. Do not be plagued by regrets, but instead, with purpose in every step, we can pick our pain. The pain of discipline now. Or the pain of regret later. But come on, church. I choose discipline over regret. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight?
Let's do this. With every head bowed, every eye closed in here, please, no one looking around or moving around. Just a few, mom- just a few moments. If you're in here, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group of people is if you would say, look, I, I need help with this. I need God's help to choose discipline over regret. I want to get some stuff right. I know I need to be more disciplined. I need God's help. If that's you, lift your hand up right now. No one's looking around. Yeah, I'll, pretty much all of us. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the bold people that raised their hand and said, look, I need to be disciplined. But God, here's the thing. We can't do it on our own. You know that. So Spirit of God, help people. We can't do this in our own power. You even said that. You said, yeah, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your Spirit. So help people. Lord, infuse strength into their soul so they can choose what they want most over what they want now. Let the fruit of the Spirit rise up inside of them and give them self-control. With heads still bowed, eyes still closed, no one's looking around. If you're here tonight and you heard this message and you want to do these things, but you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not going to work. So I believe that God brought you here for this moment right now to hear these words, that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to live a perfect, sinless life, a life that you can't live and I can't live. You're not perfect, neither am I, but Jesus was. And Jesus took our place on the cross. And I believe with everything in me that he, while he was hung, hung there on that cross, he was thinking about you. He died on that cross. Why? To forgive you for all of your sins, all your shame, all your guilt. To give you a new life on earth full of purpose, meaning, joy, and fulfillment. And so you can live an eternity with God forever in heaven. If you're here tonight and you'd like to accept Jesus Christ and the free gift of salvation for the first time, or you want to come back to God, get some things right, I want to pray with you. No one's looking around. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to make you stand up. I just want to know who I'm praying with. If that's you, if you want the free gift of salvation tonight, Raise your hand on the count of three. One, Jesus is here. His power is real. Two, don't let this moment pass you by. Three, raise your hand right now. Hands up all this place. Awesome. You're going to get a card in your hand. Just real quick, you're going to get a card in your hand. I'll explain the card in just a moment. You're going to get a card. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So everyone right now, repeat after me this prayer for the benefit of those who are saying it for the first time. Repeat after me. God, thank you for loving me. Even when I didn't love you. I know I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. So right now, make me new. Help me to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, can we lose our minds, celebrate all those people? That's awesome. Wow, we just had a ton of people respond to that. And church, that never gets old, man. That never gets old. And if that was you, I'm so proud of you. Take that card. Please don't move it around real real quick, real quick. Take that card, fill it out, drop it off with one of our ushers as you exit. We want to get some information in your hands to help you with your new journey with Jesus. Can we celebrate them one more time? So proud of you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, church, you're dismissed. I hope to see you Sunday. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. 
We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.